They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery, here once again with my good friends, Ek to Fly, Eric Talking all the madness. Yes. <laughs> and the voice that runs the place. The European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, who is still stranded up in Bangor, Maine, as no one from the state of Maine has downloaded our show yet. Still my best friend. <laughs> still my best friend. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. It is great to be here <laughs> in all day Saturday with you guys. Yeah, I yeah. guess we might as well look, say that. Well, I'll be the first one. Mm-hmm. If you are in the Philadelphia area. The first drunk one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you are in the Philadelphia area, if you like professional wrestling, if you like, you know, having a good time, being around people that are into the hobby, um, I recommend going to House of Hardcore uh, at the 2300 Arena, known as the ECW Arena. Don't want to say it's an all-day event, but there is, earlier in the day, icons of wrestling. Plenty of guys from the past and recent present will be there doing meet-and-greets. Take advantage of this. It'll be a great day. Me, my entourage, we will be there. I love where uh, your entourage. <laughs> yes, the Mad Madness crew, we will be there. It'll be a blast. We're going to be there for icons, and we will be in attendance at House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer does not disappoint with the House of Hardcore shows. The main event is going to be Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, he's going in as Bully Ray versus... The Broken Hardy Boys, the Raw Tag Team <laughs> Champions. It's going to be one of the last times you'll see the Hardys in an indie promotion. If you are in the Philadelphia area, make sure you're there. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, the, it's always a good show. Speaking of shows, um, Donovan, I guess he has his own. He has a new oh, show. No. He, he did his first episode of... Um, what's it called? It was his first episode. It just came out. It was his first out. episode. It was, it was perfect fourth. edge. Perfect fourth. edge. It was his fourth. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was his first. I didn't get the memo. I'm sorry. Donovan, I love the shout-out early in the episode, man. Keep talking all the madness. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. First episode, I'm I'm sorry, uh, fourth episode, I'm going to backtrack. I'll hear the other ones. But definitely, definitely give my boy Donovan a listen. Yes, we have The Perfect Edge with myself and Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. We have Falls Count Anywhere with Derek McCauley. And Russ D. Which is a, a complete carryover from yes. our show to theirs. Yes. Uh, and their, their buddy Zach, who was their producer, I can't remember Zach's Harmon, name. I think. What is it? Harmon. Zach Harmon? Okay, good. I, I, I knew I forgot that as soon as I almost didn't say it. Yeah, all, all the inside jokes, Capri Suns, Big Dave, it all carries over. Savvy veteran, Elite Savvy vet, it all carries over. Yes, so Perfect Edge, Falls Count Anywhere. We'll have Throwback Madness on Monday. Reviewing Backlash 2000, overbooking at its finest. <laughs> So with that being said, we had a lot of fun just reviewing Backlash 2000. Probably not quite as much fun <laughs> reviewing Raw and SmackDown this week. We're a week removed from the Superstar mm. Shakeup. Uh, we have Payback on the Horizon in a couple weeks. I guess really the biggest story on Raw is... Strowman. The build to, for Braun Strowman. Uh, they're making him out to be almost... They're almost doing for Braun Strowman what they did for Brock Lesnar two years ago. Like, they had him ma- absolutely manhandle Roman Reigns. They had him flip an ambulance. Uh, they had him collapse the ring with the Big Show. The first thing I'll say about that, as cool as that spot is when they do it, 
the first thing I noticed when Raw came on the air was the LED ring posts were gone. Really? Yes. I noticed that. So I was like, huh, those ring posts are looking a little thin. <laughs> I wonder why the LED ring posts are not up there. Because we just talked about it on the show either. last week. And then as soon as I saw the big show attack. Maybe that's why nobody took a, a, a shoulder bump. Probably. Uh, I was like, okay, the ring is going to collapse in this thing. Uh, cool spot. The ref flying out of the ring <laughs> what was, was the highlight. Uh, and did anybody else notice how quick and how heavy Braun Strowman's legs were shaking on the ropes before he hit that superplex? <laughs> My minor nitpick, mm-hmm. and I know why, because they're building Strowman. Mm-hmm. This is the third time this has ever happened. It doesn't happen a lot. It's been, what, 15 years and it's happened three times. So I get it. I hope if this ever happens again, you know, Big Show, we don't know how many more mm-hmm. years he's got in him. He's going to want to take the bump three times in 15 years. I hope Strowman takes this bump one day. My, my nitpick towards it is Big Show almost set him up. He teased it of yeah. Strowman taking the bump. I just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, it's not, I didn't hate it because I've seen it before the ring breaking. I hate it because I've seen Big Show take that bump three yeah. times that it was him. Uh, here nor there, I, I guess maybe I would have been more... I know Henry gave show the bump the last time. Maybe I would have enjoyed it more if Strowman was throwing Mark Henry. Um, great way to end the show. Um, the, again, the, the bump from the referee, freaking hilarious. I rewinded it several times. G- great friend of the show, uh, Josh Eguina, sent me a text. He's like, dude, that referee died. And it, I, I was like 15 minutes behind or in DVR. It, it was great. Yeah. Great spot, Alo. Well, going back to earlier night, I loved Angle like stand, kind of standing up the brawn. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that as well. <laughs> I, I did like that, and this is just a little bit off topic, but doesn't Braun Strowman just look like a bigger Alistair Black to you? I could see, it. <laughs> I could see the comparison. I mean, he's a he's a huge dude, man. Yeah, like I like I like this as a thing throughout the night. He actually like had vi- legit victims. Took like, like a golden troop. Like this is like old school Seth Rollins where he was through the entire yeah, show. Yeah, Braun Strowman, the most important <laughs> yeah. guy on this show. Carrying Raw, yeah. basically. <laughs> but um, the match was really good. Like We saw this before, but I think this, ma- this match was actually better. The only problem I had with this whole ring collapse was they like you knew it was coming after the first time he went to the top, bro. It was just a matter of when it was coming. And the fact that Strowman was actually the last man standing kind of make, makes him look strong because he got like right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and every time I think Brock was down, Mark was down. Yeah, both guys were down the entire time. But and commentary actually, to their credit, made a point to make a big deal out of that—that that he was on back on his feet. Yeah, and they made a big deal about Strowman. Yeah, like you said, they made a big deal about Strowman getting up and actually makes him look strong because he basically was the last man standing on Raw after that. And he did that to the Big Show, who was basically—he's not as dead as the ref, but mm-hmm. he was motionless. Yeah, I mean they're really pulling out all the stops for Braun Strowman <laughs> to lose. <laughs> yeah, to, to ultimately lose to Roman Reigns. Yeah, because I think this is either going to be an ambulance match or a last man standing Even match. Even Troy called it. I should, he watched the segment, he's like, wow, I guess when Roman comes back, they're going to have an ambulance match. I was like, <laughs> you right for seven. He listened to Uncle Alo. <laughs> yeah, he's listened with all the other seven-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't exactly know... I mean, I hope that they have a legit long-term plan for Strowman, other than just he's a big guy who we could have just kill people now and then. I think the work he's done the last four, five months warrants him actually having a plan. 
He's a guy who I think could be a world champion. He's a guy who I think, not that he can carry your show, but he's a guy who could be the scariest guy. But he carried Raw, so I, this might have been like a little bit of a test to an extent, but who knows when we're going to get the Universal title even back on television. But he kind of did carry Raw this past Monday night. Do you think that they knew <laughs> having him destroy Roman like that would get him over the way it did? Where like people actually legitimately seem to like him now? These guys aren't stupid, though. That's the thing. What guys? These writers and Vince, they, they know. They talk about it all the time. Like they know Roman Tate is about the way that he's presented, but they know. Like, like, like you can't be that blind. I, unfortunately, a lot of times I think they are. Because yeah. I'll get the Roman heat when I get the SmackDown, mm-hmm. but they have to know. You would think. I don't know if they do know. Do you have high hopes for Strowman Eck going forward, or do you think that they're just going to kind of leave him as just the big guy? I could see him being a big guy. Um, you know, it's, it's like Big Show, when he first came to WWE, his first push, he won the title. Not right away, but he won it within his first mm-hmm. year. Uh, his first match in WCW, he won the title. Um, again, you, you could make the comparison with him and Strowman. I'm still as much of a monster as he is. I'm never a fan of the first title going to someone being um, the main title. However, I do see Strowman leaving with the Red Universal Championship by no later than SummerSlam. You think so? I, I could see them going a bunch of different ways. Supposedly, they want to do they want to save Roman versus Brock for next Mania. Maybe they do that in SummerSlam. I do think they're going to push him. I I can't see him. Beating Roman if they have an ambulance match, but I think he'll still look strong. Now, if as Alo said, this was a test for Braun. I think he's got. Well. You think he's he passed? A plus. Yeah, right. I think he passed. A plus. You give him an A plus as well. Yeah. Look at how old all we are, and I know me at 26. I'm watching him flip that ambulance, and I know when he ran up on Roman and said, "I'm not finished with you," and when he threw him off, I was like, "This guy's a monster!" Mm -hmm. Like you you can't not think Roman's supposed to be the badass Samoan that can beat anyone, Mm -hmm. and he got thrown around like a rag doll. I mean, you you can't not believe it. It's one of the most savage beatings we've seen on WWE in a long, long long time. time. Yeah, I agree. Um. Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe officially booked for uh, payback. Seth on commentary for Jericho versus Joe. Jericho gets submitted in this match. Uh, I think Seth is still kind of trying to find his way as a babyface. I thought he had some good moments on commentary. Obviously some less good moments. Uh, Joe calls him out post-match. And... Every time Joe talks, we're just talking about Braun Strowman. I still think Samoa Joe may be the best monster in the business. That is a bad dude. Him as a heel is incredible. I love hearing him on the microphone. He does, he like strikes fear into whoever the babyface mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. His run in NXT and what he's done in the little time he's been on the main roster so far. Do you feel like that they're utilizing Joe the right way on Raw, or do you have any concerns? Well, this whole story that just feels. I don't care anymore because forced. all the sympathy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Forced. Yeah, because all, yeah, all the sympathy for Seth is gone because he unfortunately got hurt by by Joe. Because I think that was supposed to be the match at Fastlane, mm-hmm. and if he won at Fastlane, he would go Triple H at WrestleMania. But since he got hurt, he went directly back to Triple H. So yeah. the whole Joe thing is kind of the back burner. So we know Triple H isn't gonna be on TV for a while. So it's like okay, 
Joe's, Joe's the one who took you out, so you're back to Joe now. And Rollins has kind of a less of a gripe now because he had more, because like he had more of a problem with Triple H than Joe. So now it's like, okay, I'm just going back to this whole Joe thing. That's my whole problem with it. Mm-hmm. And it's too late now because how he got hurt. But unfortunately, he had to go directly back to Triple H because that was the WrestleMania match. Yeah. As much as I don't like when they're doing the same storyline multiple different ways, I think one what could make it look stronger if Joe was hunting. Uh, if he was hunting Rollins, if he was beating him up in the back. Um, he mentioned that after the match that he didn't forget what he did to his boss. You know, Triple H is my boss, mm-hmm. you know. That was a, uh, a, that's a good point. I didn't write that down. I should have. I loved that line in the promo. Yeah, I mean, that helps. He as said, like, as it's something about his clientele, which I thought was a great way to exactly, put it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was a great way. And as much as a lot of people could just say this storyline, oh, I don't care. Me, I'm assuming Rollins is going to go over in this storyline. But the fact that they're they're making it make sense, they're making there be a point and a purpose to it, it should keep people interested. Yeah, um, I think they'll probably do something on Raw to get more heat back for Joe. Because like I said, the the sympathy for Seth is gone and the heat for Joe is gone too because it happened so long ago. And yeah. He had to go directly to Triple H instead of Joe. So I think on Raw they actually get have well Raw going to payback. They'll have Joe actually get one up on Seth. I would like to see that. I would like to see, yeah, like you said, him stalking Seth or have him just terrorizing Seth up until the pay-per-view. Granted, there's not much time left. Because um, that's next Sunday. Two Raws? Mm-hmm. No, three. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. There's one more there's Raw. There's only one more Raw. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could ter- maybe he could terrorize him throughout the night then on Monday. I don't know. I'm, I'm not foreseeing that happening, though. Um, yeah, there there is, like, something missing from it. Like you said, it, it's it should have been him getting his payback on Joe and then having a bigger fish to fry yeah. in Triple H, whereas it's like he gets the bigger fish and then it's it's kind of like somebody winning a world title and then going back to a mid-card. It's like just a step back kind of takes some steam off it. Well, wrestling Triple H at WrestleMania is the world title. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> bigger than the world. Bigger than any world title that there's ever been. Um, but this will be an awesome match yeah. when they do officially have it. Uh, so there's at least that. Um... Women's division on Raw. Is anyone seeing any improvements to the women's division? There's actually more than three women. And it was a fatal four-way number one contenders match between Sasha, Alexa, Mickey, and Nia. And one, I love that they did vignettes for each of them throughout the night before the match. Yeah, because I thought that was going to lead to the main event. Me too. But I I like that they at least did it. Eck? I was going to I, I co-sign with what Ayla was saying about, you know, uh, I thought it was going to be the main event. I was like, wow, that's, that's a nice push for them. Um, I, I love that they're pushing kind of, you know, we'll get to it on SmackDown, but mm-hmm. the main switches, they're pushing them right to the top, which yeah. makes sense for both of them. Um, I like Alexa Bliss more and more every week. She's she's great, mm-hmm. and she looks great. Mm-hmm. Um it, 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 they're doing the right thing with that division. Yeah, I, what I liked best uh, before I get to Alo about the, I thought the match was good. I liked the result. I know some people probably thought I wouldn't be happy about the result. I liked it. I liked it. Everyone came. Well, the other three women came out of that match having a right to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I liked that they built new like new. You didn't like who got pinned. Yeah. Well, no, not that. I, I think people wouldn't think I'd like it just because Sasha didn't win. But I'm cool with her. The loss, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind the result uh, because now there's new openings to stories like Sasha and Alexa Bliss. Like that's a thing. 
when they when you saw them in the ring together last night, the fans That's a match I want to see. Yeah, the yeah, fans made it loud and clear, like this is a thing we want to see. And they, they paid it off. Like they could have just had um Mickey take the loss or whoever. But like to me that is a good story for Sasha. That will be a great feud. By the way, Mickey will miss you this week at House of Hardcore as well. Yeah, it'll be unfortunate not to see Mickey this time. So I, I like that they actually told a story within the match and built little openings for new stories within the women's division in that match. Alo? Well, um, I like they got a lot of time because mm-hmm. I was actually shocked how much time this actually got. They actually kind of booked Nia Jax like Authors of Pain in NXT, yeah. <laughs> which, which I really popped for because yeah. like every time they would like get her out the ring and the crowd would react, and then every time somebody would have the match one, Nia Jax kind of runs yeah. and come out of nowhere. So I, I did like that aspect. Like Alexa Bliss. The MVP of this match. Mm-hmm. She was perfect. The, the t- typical weasel heel, like even the spot where um, Nia had Mickey and Sasha mm-hmm. in the corner, and Alexa went to the top rope mm-hmm. and Nia caught her. It was like it was like um when Debo yeah. on Friday when Debo yeah. when um Debo punched Red and Debo asked Red down. You want some of his two points? Like no, <laughs> she, she went right down. I, I think thought, she did that twice in the match where she just <laughs> like openly just completely backed down from Nia Jack. Yeah, I love the way like how she won because it was mm-hmm. typical Alexa Bliss fashion. Like she's she's the smallest person in the match, yeah. and Nia does all the work, and she just kicks Nia out the ring, and then she, well, kicking Nia out the ring is actually um, a big deal at his own because mm-hmm. so she actually steal Nia's win, so I kind of keep Nia looking strong, and. I'm glad that the first night or her first or her second night on Raw, she's already actually important on Raw. And the whole Sasha Banks thing, it's like, here we go again. Like they're actually like, kind of like building, continue to build build to it. Because I think that you're gonna continue like heading into extreme rules. I don't think we're gonna get Alexa Bliss. Um I, I don't think Alexa Bliss is gonna win. I think maybe you get Mickey or Nia in that title match mm-hmm. at Extreme Rules, and then maybe at if they have, I'm not sure if Raw has a July pay-per-view yet, and get that heel turn around that time because yeah. then you can get a multi-person match again because it will, it'll be it won't be so redundant at that point. Right. And then you can get Sasha turn after that match, and because the thing is like they try to lead Bailey into Sasha into SummerSlam, that's the way you could do it because you could also have Sasha face Alexa Bliss because we just you guys just know that that's actually going to be a thing, and that's what we all kind of want. And then you you got Emma back as well, and then you can see Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks and Mickey James. The crowd the crowd ate that up mm-hmm. too because they wanted to see that. So they actually have a lot of ways they can actually go. And like I said the Sasha Hill turn. This has to be for what they're doing. It has to be. Barbershop slash festival, mm-hmm. festival of friendship level. Well, can I say what I, I think I'm the most excited about is that obviously we all love the, the whole Sasha and Bailey thing. They're, it's almost like the whole Batman and the Joker, like we're destined to do this forever. Everybody's been waiting for it. But now you have the, the prospect of Sasha and Alexa, and I think I might actually be more excited to see that. Because it's something you haven't seen. You haven't seen it? Yeah, like when we saw Sasha and Alexa on NXT, Alexa was nobody. Alexa was still the fairy. She was still Tinkerbell. Yeah. um, And I think the edginess of, we talked on throwback, you guys will hear this on Monday, but the idea of heel versus heel can work. The, the edge that Alexa Bliss brings can start to help bring that edge out of Sasha Banks. Yeah, because even during the match, Sasha, she was doing her faces again. Mm-hmm. Like her disgusted faces. Yeah. She, you, you haven't seen that in a while. Right. So those little mannerisms are starting to actually come out of Sasha. Yeah, and again, I know this one we'll get to. A, mm-hmm. a good thing they got going on both of these, whether it be almost on, on SmackDown with, with the women's division, you got a, a match coming up that 
you've seen before, but the roles are reversed. Yeah. Different face, different heel. And and that, that's always a good dynamic to switch, whether it be a year later, two years later. In this scenario, it's you know, almost a year and a half, close to two years later. But Yeah. Now, is either one of you actually excited to see the Dana-Emma feud take place? I am. This, <laughs> this was hysterical. <laughs> I, I was hiring this last week, and even this mm-hmm. week, was, I, like, I like this. Yeah, I was on record as saying two weeks ago, I want to see Dana and Emma get back together. But I think this is even better to see them actually finally clash. And, again, it, it adds more depth to their women's roster, which they got three hours to fill every week. They need something I, to I'm do. hoping they do something good with Emma. I hope she goes to the top. I'm a fan. I think she will. I think she's, she gets a good fan reaction. I think people like her. And she can actually talk. She can talk she, and she can wrestle. She can talk and, like like exactly what you said, she can wrestle. Watch some of her old NXT stuff mm-hmm. um, from when she went up and then back down. Yeah. When she went back down, she had a chip on her shoulder and she meant business. Yeah. She, she had some matches. Yeah, her match yeah. with Asuka was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, in her Continental Championship, <laughs> it looks like... Someone is back into the Intercontinental Championship yes, picture. Thank you, God. <laughs> Alo, I'll let you run with this one. God, thank <laughs> Miss TV, excellent. <laughs> I, I love that Dean pointed out who'd he beat for that title? <laughs> Ambrose was good here, though. I'll give him that. Ambrose was really good. His one liners were great. Maurice, you wouldn't know anything about this because you're Canadian. <laughs> and um, the only thing that's that's a joke here is your maroon suit. Mm-hmm. And um, I did like the Miz kind of shooting on Ambrose because he said everything we always say about Dean Ambrose. Like, look, you were the world champ, WWE champion, going into SummerSlam. And um, six, eight months later, you're building a WrestleMania card. Mm-hmm. You're basically resting on your laurels, like all the time. Yeah. Being goddamn complacent, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> it's like we always said about Dean Ambrose, and they actually continue. Like I mentioned um, a few weeks ago, how I hope they can let Miz kind of like keep going through that brass, that glass ceiling, yeah. and actually like still feel like he's kind of on SmackDown. They kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of did that. Is that is that that serious as anything else that the Miz has done? Mm-hmm. But it's actually like a true point on how people feel about Dean Ambrose. And yeah, inter- it felt like an actual shoot. Yeah, and other than and other than Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose is probably like like Prep said last week, the coldest character on the roster. But Miz, Miz is his heater. <laughs> <laughs> he brought out good. Everybody can say they were entertained by him. Yeah, it, it was an entertaining segment. It was a good segment. I love that Graves is still hanging on to Maurice being an honorable woman <laughs> for trying to to get to protect Miz. I love that. Um, yeah, you get, and you get Dean actually talking about how much he loves this, how much he loves to do it, how hard he works. Um, then we see him obviously attack the Miz. Oh, but him folding yeah. his jacket, saying, "Hey, hold this." Yeah, <laughs> I did like that. I love that he took everything out yeah. of his pockets first before he folded it. Um, Eck, are you excited to see Ambrose and the Miz? Not really, for multiple reasons. Uh-huh. One. I watched it already. Mm-hmm. That, as much as I hate the Miz, that was a high point yeah. of SmackDown last year. Um, it, it was something to bite into. I can't remember if both of you were with me, but I remember popping when Dean Ambrose beat him for the title. Yeah. Um, if one or both of you were there, I'm sure you recall me rubbing mm-hmm. it in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, I want Dean to do more with it, but... If he's going to lose it, I want it to be something new. I want it to be something fresh. The only thing I'm going to point out is that 
Chris Jericho did say, and this may surprise you, Chris Jericho has his own podcast. He does? Um, he does? He, there are other wrestling podcasts? When it's not a wrestling one. It's for rock and roll. It's a Fozzie podcast. He, he, it's a Fozzie podcast. He had a special edition where Kevin Owens was on it. It was a, it was a best friend podcast. Okay. And um, at the end of it, he copied off of us and yeah. had a listener's question section. Really? Yeah. So someone asked if he's ever going to go for a 10th Intercontinental Championship. He says, you know, the number really doesn't mean nothing except... I know the Miz is creeping up on me. He said, "If the Miz ever gets to eight, he's calling I'll, Vince. I'll try to get nine he said like he's 10. calling Vince, and he's going to get that damn tenth. <laughs> so if the Miz is at six and he gets seven, I'll just I'll be tweeting Jericho every day. Don't forget. Oh, I won't. Do you go, Jericho? Go. You know I ain't going to forget about this. Now it doesn't at least excite you that it gives something interesting for Dean to do now that he's on Raw. Yes and no because it's it's what we had on SmackDown. It's different lighting." In my opinion, uh, that's true. It's brighter lights with red accents rather than darker lights with blue accents. Like I feel like we just seen this. Now the only thing that's different is there's no Renee Young to play in the background. True, and I, I do think though that like Miz can get the best out of him. <laughs> as much as I hate saying this, like I wish if anything, the Miz had the IC title and he was on he was SmackDown. And no, 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 no. If no, if the Miz had it and he was doing this with, with Sami Zayn. Hmm. Like, something I didn't say. Well, that would be great, obviously. We've all been wanting to see Sami Zayn. I'll get to him later, too. Yeah. Um, Anything else either one of you wants to say about the Intercontinental title or Ambrose or The Miz? Seven, was it seven times he'll hold the title? Mm Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait until he loses. So you think he's going to win it? Yeah, because, like, like we just talked about how you think The Miz can bring the best out of Dean Ambrose. The matches were good, but I think I said I always say the person brings the best out of Dean is Seth because because mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose has that Randy Orton effect. It's like yeah. you could tell he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to it for what they do with Dean Ambrose after he drops the Intercontinental title because I mentioned a few weeks ago that we never actually got a full program with him and Roman. They, yeah. they moved Dean Ambrose back to Raw for a reason. And you know, eventually we're going to end up getting that Shield triple threat mm-hmm. again with the proper build, but the Roman and Dean thing, that has to happen too. Yeah, I would like to see that happen. Uh, tag team division. Uh, we have Cesaro and Sheamus are our number one contenders for the Hardys Raw Tag oh. Team Championships. Go ahead. No, nothing. <laughs> uh, we had an interview with the Hardys where Matt was hinting ever so slightly at Broken Matt Hardy. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro basically insinuate that they can only win with ladders. And then we get Jeff Hardy and Cesaro. This is much better than an Enzo singles match with another guy from a tag team. Oh, we'll talk about Oh, man. <laughs> I thought this was a fun match, Jeff Hardy and Cesaro. I enjoyed Cesaro. everything about it. I enjoyed the back segment. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the, the respect. He's kind of normal. You bring a nostalgic tag team in, the... Team, the modern team now, they paid their respect. Cesaro gave high praise to Jeff Hardy, called it a dream match. It, mm-hmm. it was entertaining. It was a good match. I look forward to seeing them in another one-on-one match at another time. Yeah, and a rare opportunity to see Cesaro get showcased a little bit, which we don't see often enough mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, I'm sure next week we'll get Matt Hardy versus Sheamus, but mm-hmm. this there is match. I just kept laughing at Matt Hardy because he was full broken at ringside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He was yelling Nero and Delete and yeah. stuff like that. And wonderful. I was like, I was completely member of Matt Hardy because he was perfect. Yeah, it, it, I don't know how long it's going to take. I mean, allegedly WWE is 
fighting with TNA right now to they, be able they to trademarked do it. Bro- broken. Which, of course, according to Matt, is debatable. But yeah, it, I mean TNA stands no chance against the juggernaut that is WWE. TNA is lucky that they can put on a TV show every week. Yeah. Let alone beat WWE in a legal battle. Well, since we're on the Hardys, mm-hmm. can we dive into a quick listener question? If you want to, of course. A little premature. Um, great friend of the show, Michael J. Day, mm-hmm. asked, do the Hardys ever get to be broken in WWE? Uh, question, and then he also says, maybe put them in a group. Maybe something with Bray, being that Bray is now separated from the original uh, family members. I'll tell you that first. Do not get them anywhere near Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Nowhere near. Not even as opponents, because that match would be horrible. Um, they'll be broken, because like I mentioned a few weeks ago when they came back from WrestleMania. You know how much money there is into this whole broken thing? Vince can sell Vanguard ones flying around and selling selling drones, and how much actually merch he can actually sell. I can that. think of three people sitting in this room right now that are likely to buy a Vanguard one <laughs> that's on WWE so, shop. Or dilapidated boats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to point out, and, you know, as much as I'm, I've already won this episode, and I'll continue as the podcast goes, mm-hmm. there are always things that we all, as wrestling fans, want to knock about WWE. Yeah. But specifically, when you get to the subject of Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle or the Hardys right now, it is so amazing, and I'll make guilt to myself, mm-hmm. how much the WWE name boosts all their value. I mean, you, you figure, um, it's funny, when we watch stuff like Throwback Madness, you know, it, when people get to listen to our uh, review for Backlash. I remember that time period, heavily involved, I was in the Hardys. The Hardys were my favorite tag team, and I mm-hmm. thought, as much as at the end of the day, I liked I liked the Dudleys at the time, and it was almost like Edge and Christian were almost both of their crypt, kryptonite. Yeah. They always usually skated away with the titles. Mm-hmm. I was always pulling for the Hardys, but it's funny, you know, the Dudleys got the first nostalgic push to come back mm-hmm. and get a run. And my respect to them, you know, they're back. I was so happy. Yeah. So I got kind of like a, like kind of a, a brush of like, you know, I'm a, a big Dudley's guy. Mm-hmm. But, but growing up, specifically, it's funny, Aaron being one of the very few people I know who likes Matt more <laughs> than he likes yeah. Jeff. Um, ironic, uh, like most normal people, mm-hmm. I, I like Jeff <laughs> more than I liked Matt. Um, the Hardys were great. I remember getting the the hardback Kurt Angle book <laughs> and the Jeff Hardy book. Both these guys, I get back into wrestling seven, almost eight years ago. Both of them are in a different company. They're both back now. And it's like, those are like the only two books I bought. <laughs> Jeff, I was a big fan of Jeff. Kurt Angle was in my top four at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so crazy how when these guys come back, you know, how much more it, it seems like you remember how much mm-hmm. they matter. Yeah, you appreciate them more. Like Definitely. They played a part in your life at one time, then they're gone, and then they're back, and it's like, oh, yeah. As much as, and I'm sure we'll bring it up at least two more times before the show mm-hmm. ends, you know, with House of Hardcore coming up this weekend, I remember being excited this past December. We got to see um, Matt, Broken Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. in a cage match versus Tommy Dreamer, and towards the end of the match, we hoped for it three months prior. Yeah. That... Uh, Brother Nero would be there. Jeff Hardy comes out at the end of the match. 
small venue, roof blew off. Mm -hmm. Blew off, was in the river. I mean, that place, we went nuts. And I just remember all those, you know, childhood emotions coming to me or popping for Jeff, you know, every time he got close to the title, uh, everything. And it's great. And I'm happy to see them back. I, I do assume, you know, just to go full circle and back to the question, I do think we'll get them to, to see them broken. I think something's going to happen. I guess kind of where I want to hear your guys' opinion, I think it's kind of inevitable that we get it. Um, I think WWE should have jumped up to the plate right away and just ate whatever fine that would come towards the Hardys. I think it's only good mm-hmm. for them financially. It makes sense. Why not use it? To what everyone, whether it's uh, Dave's good buddy, uh, Aaron's good buddy, Big Dave, everyone says that, you know, it'll happen eventually. I guess the rumor is that the Hardys are going to be a nostalgic act, and then it's going to happen. I guess I just want to know your guys' input. I hope it's not a complete copy off of TNA where it's like he turns on Jeff and then brings Jeff to his side. I hope they do something different where oh, at no. least I, they, they start broken together. I think they'll be broken together. Uh, yeah, I, th- they signed them as the Hardy Boys. I don't think they had interest in just Broken Matt Hardy. I think they want them to be the Broken Hardys. I have no doubt we will see them broken by, I would guess, at the latest by SummerSlam. Yeah. Or coming out of SummerSlam. It's not going to take that long, I don't think. Uh, I don't know that they'll do anything with Bray. The only thing I could see them doing is if Bray ever has a true Wyatt family again. Mm-hmm. We may see something with that because there was a lot insinuated about it when they were in different companies. They may try to pay that off, but I don't see Bray getting involved on their side with anything. Um, Rest of the tag team division, Gallows and Anderson against Enzo and Cass. I guess the one thing I really liked about this was was Anderson saying that... uh, Braun Strowman was treating the roster like the United Airlines, giving them the United <laughs> Airlines treatment. Um, and Enzo dying? Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the Golden Truth. They were involved. That they day. were. Golden Truth, getting a little airtime. Um, no pun intended. No pun intended. Not at all. Uh, yeah, what the hell was the finish supposed to be of that match? I have no clue, but it's Enzo. Like they, Do you think that was intended in any way, shape, or form, whatever happened? Then no he clue. just lands knees first into the turnbuckles and flips. To the I don't know, but it looked vicious. It does. Uh, Com- comment commentary sold the shit out of it. They better than they had any right to because I was like, "What in God's name was that?" Uh, cruiserweights. <laughs> <laughs> we had TJP versus Gallagher with Neville ringside. Aries Ultimate Perfect. Troll comes out and sits next to him with the banana in his pocket. Uh, eating the banana ringside. Uh, Gallagher is maybe the most reckless guy on the roster right now. <laughs> he, lay, he almost lands on his head at least twice every match. Um, I love how much the crowd was set off by TJP tossing the umbrella out of the ring. Yeah. And I hated Michael Cole trying to put over the umbrella spot. <laughs> Like, oh, this is so much fun. It's like, shut up, Michael Cole. Like, it's not fun when you talk about how fun it is. Um, Aries gets up on the ring apron. Neville takes him out. Um, do you like what they're doing with the cruiserweights right now? Well, I'm not sure where they're going because we know Aries and um, Neville are the thing for payback. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing I feel hearish about TJP is the fact that he's still dabbing 
since since last year because that yeah. died after the Super Bowl. That's, yeah. that's the only thing I feel that's healers about TJP. Mm-hmm. I'm not really buying this at all. He tried. He got good heel heat by touching his on um, Robin Gallagher's umbrella. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I have nothing to say about it. Yeah, he's. He's tent as unnatural as we've said Seth Rollins is as a baby face right now. TJ Perkins is a hundred times more unnatural as a heel. It's just coming across like very forced and very corny. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing Aries and Neville again. I'm debating if I should start watching 205 Live. You said because it last is there, the show. You should. Is there stuff that I am missing by not watching it? I have no idea. Well. To well, find out, listen to the Fools County One podcast. Definitely. <laughs> Tune in to Russ and Derek. But actually, I'm not an avid watcher of 205. I need Derek and Russ, which this may not continue. We will get to mm-hmm. this. Do the Bollywood boys wrestle often or in 205 Live? That was something good on the earlier weeks. You would get a tag team match. Mm-hmm. They would do stuff with other people that weren't trying to contend for the uh, Cruiserweight title. I do know Derek told me that... Uh, Tony Nese has been a ghost on 205 Live as of late, which is disappointing to hear because we haven't seen him on Raw either. Um, I think he's toying with NXT. Is he? I oh, think. that, that at least makes some sense. With NXT. Uh, so, T, where does TJP fit into all this? I have no idea. I don't know if he's his lackey or he's going to get inserted into this match. I have no clue. I don't know either. I guess we'll find out. Uh, Finn Balor. After a concussion scare the week before, it comes out and eviscerates uh, Chad Hawkins uh, in a very brisk match over in probably two minutes. Maybe less than that. Um, do you think maybe he's still a little bit hurt and that's why they had him go out there and not take any bumps and just do something real quick but not get him off TV? Possibly, yeah. Because you can't keep Finn Balor off of TV. He's like your big, he's basically your biggest star. Mm-hmm. Eck, what do you think? I, I think he just lucky bump and I think it was just kind of a quick match to just uh, no sell it. Um, well, one more thing. and then mm-hmm. Actually, they could have held him off TV because he's not going to do anything at payback. Yeah. Did anybody see the tweet he had today? About him in the mirror? No. It, he said uh, it was a picture of him and he was fulfilling orders in WWE shop. He said fulfilling orders in WWE shop was much harder than beating, beating Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, Titus Brand with Apollo, does this have any promise? Zero. I have little hope <laughs> for this. A little hope. A little hope. Because say what you want about Tyler's on there. At times, he can be entertaining. Mm-hmm. He does say some real funny things. I wanted him to be in the New Day. Yeah, I thought that would have been awesome. Can he squeeze any personality out of Apollo Crews? <laughs> if anyone can. It's not Titus O'Neil. It's not Titus no. O'Neil. He will not squeeze personality no. out of Apollo Crews. Okay. I'm hoping, but not expecting. Uh, this will actually lead us into SmackDown is the last two, uh, well, two of the matches that are happening at Payback. United States Championship, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens rematch from WrestleMania. Jericho, unbelievable <laughs> in another interview. Uh, Tom Phillips, there you go, oh my goodness. Yeah, calling guys. him Tom Phillips, it's the whole... Well, what, it was him and Tom, he mixed them up with Mike. Yeah. Um, the drifter makes his way in. 
Drifter gets on the list. Mm-hmm. Drifter makes the list. The I do we see El Vagabundo in WWE no. ever? <laughs> that was a one time thing. How about the face of Jericho? The face of Jericho, frame it mm. in, man. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um I do not know it, it is weird having these two guys on separate shows, but then having this match. But Well Jer- the thing is if Jericho wins, he goes to SmackDown. Yeah. Do you think any chance he wins? Because I don't. Oh, he's going to Fozzie. So. Uh, then we have, for the WWE Championship, we have Bray and Randy. So on Raw, Bray just cut a promo. Basically saying, you know, we'll both walk into the House of Horrors. Only I'll walk out. He's going to burn it down with Randy inside. I guess he's still trying to pay back Randy for burning down the compound before. Uh, and now Bray's going to lose on both shows. Well, well this is this is my this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is like my favorite line? What is this? So basically, a week and a half, we still know what this match is. Now he's talking about burning a house down and stuff. It's like okay, so is this going to be in the ring or an on-site thing? You're talking about burning a house. You can't burn down a house in a ring. So it's like, what is this? And It'd be pretty ambitious. <laughs> and then you yeah. burn down the ring. <laughs> and, there, there no, <laughs> and then there was no interaction with Finn. So I'm like, okay, so what's going on here? And then I'm like, okay, so well, is Brick, because if Jericho wins the title. Boy, was that damn promo boring. <laughs> I was like, if Jericho wins, he goes to SmackDown. So does that mean if Bray wins, he goes to SmackDown? And they just won a title match. On the payback card, because Brett Lesnar's going to come back when Brett Lesnar wants to come back. And then I've heard from a reliable source, prep, mm. <laughs> that on on WWE.com, they're not advertising the House of Horrors match for the title. Hmm. Not, is a, there's no mention of the title. And then even on SmackDown, they're talking about Randy Orton versus Mahal. Just yeah, already. WWE.com, they're already they're already talking they're already doing like images of Wharton versus Mahal. Yeah, so allegedly this is like a non-title match, which is basically pointless at this point now, which makes no sense. Hmm. Well, that leads us into the biggest story on SmackDown, maybe the biggest story of the week, that Jinder Mahal, hard body Mahal, Ginger Mahal, Ginger Mahal, formerly known, 3M Bay, is now the number one contender. For the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. I'll contradict myself mm-hmm. in advance. Uh, you'll hear me on Throwback Madness saying how WWE lacks rebuilding people. Everyone from 3MB is doing something semi-promising. Maybe not Heath right now, but he had a, a promising tag title reign. Yeah, they did uh, he, something with him at least. You got uh, McIntyre in NXT now, contending for the NXT title. And then, boom. Omar's... <laughs> Big cousin Jinder Mahal wins a six-pack challenge to become the number one contender for the WWE Championship. Yeah, a lot of people seem upset about it. Mixed feelings all around. I think is what's common. So yeah, I'll I'll give them one that they surprised the hell out of me. I did not see that happening. Two, he legitimately. Got a ton of heat in that promo after the match. Like the the crowd was actually visibly, audibly reacting to everything he said. Now this was not on the level of like old school, uh, like Iron Sheik heat, but people were definitely responding to him, which is important. I don't know what made them decide to do this. I read something this morning that said apparently WWE shop is like. 
going to have like an India division. Uh, they just appointed somebody uh, of Indian descent to head up this division. So maybe they're pushing someone of Indian descent into a top prominent spot. Although the one thing about that that doesn't make a lot of sense is, do you want him to be a hated heel if you're trying to appeal to his country? Well, well the country guys, they always get over in the country no matter what. Like the whole Bret Hart thing. Yeah. But are they going to be happy to see him portrayed that way? Although the one thing that there is is if he can be a heel that has a point, it, it might it might work in India. I don't know if that's why. I'm not even saying that I think that's why. I don't really know why they did it. But he did get a legitimate reaction to him winning his promo. I'm not personally a fan of Jinder Mahal. But I'm curious to see what they can do with it. All right, so this was fun. Like, this match was fun. Um, I like the aspect of this match because six, five of the guys were never world champion. Because I wish they actually did more things like this. Mm-hmm. Like only guy that was been a former champion is Dolph Ziggler, but he's basically obsolete because one time, one the one title was given to him, and then he got he was he had a concussion for yeah. for two months of it. So that was basically no point, basically, and. Um, people complain. Like I thought it was gonna be Sami Zayn or Luke Harper, but I think if, a lot of people complain about Sami Zayn and how they didn't want him on Raw. They wanted him on SmackDown. But when you kind of look back at it, this has been Sami Zayn's whole career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they want Sami Zayn. Like we all know what Sami Zayn. Everybody loves Sami Zayn. He's basically beloved. But this was his character in NXT. He always came up a little bit short in those big moments, except at NXT Takeover when he beat Neville. For the title, yeah, but that's been that's been basically Sami Zayn, and when Mahal won, I was like Ginger, Ginger, really, and then the Bollywood boy with the Bollywood boy, what the, what is this? And then he cut that promo, and I loved it because he got legit like Roman Reigns heat, like even Marie Roman Reigns like like was like we already hate you, mm-hmm. and that's the most important thing. You got a reaction, and then he went directly to his Indian heritage, yeah, because he's playing that quick. Playing that anti-American, which I really love. Like, okay, this is actually like really good. And when he debuted in 2011, he kind of had this gimmick, like his family, because he mentioned about his family being wealthy. Yeah. But in 2011, when he originally debuted, he he, he had a thing with Kali, and and I remember him talking about his family was wealthy. But I don't remember. I don't know if he's like um, helping Kali's family, like funding his family or something like that. So don't qu- qu- kind of quote me on that. It was something along those lines. But after that, you didn't, after he, that feud ended, you didn't get much about it again because they just kind of threw him in three and B. But I'm actually... Like, 2011 was when he debuted? Yeah. That, like, again, that's... 2011, Early 2011, 2011 late 2010 is when mm-hmm. I started. So I didn't know if he was active before then. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was, like, the thing. Like, he was, like, came from, like, this wealthy family. But it didn't last long because it was only when he was with Kali. But I'm, like... Kind of like real interested, and like a lot of people are like barely passionate. So I'm like, look, he's it's only gonna be one match. It's like he's re- he's facing him at backlash. It's not gonna be a long, a ongoing thing. Like he may fight by stay in the mid card, which I could, which I can see, but it's like it's not gonna be a constant thing. Him in the world title scene. Yeah, the other thing I see is they've been really pushing the idea that SmackDown is a land of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, this kind of shows it. A guy that nobody. You know, Nobody. two days ago, yeah. would have thought that Jinder Mahal would be anywhere near, you know, the top half of a pay-per-view card. Probably not even on the main card. Pro- maybe not even on the pre-show. Yeah. And now he's going to main event a pay-per-view against Randy Orton. Yeah, and like I said, like, it's interesting because you got the Bollywood boys with him, so they're going to play a role in this match. It's, 
like, this is really interesting. Doesn't he deserve a reward for getting himself in such impeccable shape? Vince, Vince finally saw it. <laughs> that could be the reason why. Look how vascular he is. <laughs> how much body fat you got? <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul you, you, see the, you see the guns on that? <laughs> the only thing I hope doesn't happen is I hope they don't start portraying him as like a quote-unquote like Middle Eastern enemy of the United States because that one, he's, he's from Canada. <laughs> Two, he's of Indian descent. He's not Syrian. He's not Iranian. He's not Iraqi. He's not Saudi Arabian. Like he's not Middle Eastern. Uh, so I hope, I really hope that that's not the direction that they go with that. But I could see that possibly being the way it ends up. I just hope it's not. Um, Kevin Owens introduces the Face of America Open Challenge. So good. I don't know that they could have done anything much better with this. <laughs> if we're being totally perfect. honest. It's a ramp way. Perfect. The, the ramp with his, that smug picture of his face. <laughs> so good. The fact that they bring out a jobber who, well, one, that he takes the mic from Greg Hamilton and says, you're not good at, you're not good at announcing. <laughs> takes the mic, announces the match Well, he's himself. not. No, he's not. <laughs> but that he specifically introduced, let, Gary Gandy introduced himself from Louisville, Kentucky, hometown guy, to immediately get everybody on Gary Gandy's side and legitimately root for the guy, which makes him crushing him in like 15 seconds even better. Then the post-match promo is great. Him talking about himself as the face of America again because you people are lazy. Put the hot dogs down and listen to me. I don't know that they could have presented this any better. And well, my, I hope it's like this every week. Well, my favorite thing was when he took the mic from Greg Hamilton, he says, you're United, you're, you're United States champion, the face of America, mm-hmm. hailing from Montreal, Quebec, yeah. Canada. I was like, that's <laughs> perfect. It's great, but I think it's brilliant to have these jobbers announce that they are from the hometown where mm-hmm. they are. Get, gets them over, gets you actually to be against KO, because it's, it's hard to make you hate them. Yeah. Everyone does. <laughs> I mean, the majority of the crowd... Pops for when he comes out. They, they cheer for him. They enjoy his in-ring work. And he does a good job on continuing to be booed. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was unbelievable. It was. If, I wish you guys would have just seen the look on my face when I saw that ramp. <laughs> I couldn't have been much more excited or happy when I saw that. Like, that I laughed awesome. so hard. I was like, oh my God, this is hysterical. And yeah. I, I gotta say, I love him and JBL together on commentary. Yeah, great. I think J- JBL said, You're a great American. I love when you speak French. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, he stayed on commentary for the main event. Correct. AJ Styles against uh, Baron Corbin. AJ in full babyface mode at this point, it looks like. Baron Corbin, the monster heel of SmackDown, arguably. I did think this was a good match. I actually kind of liked that it was a count-out finish. You don't see that very often anymore. Protects Corbin. Protects Corbin. He doesn't take a pinfall. Uh, And I liked that they spilled out into Kevin Owens. Like that AJ got thrown onto Owens on the chair. Uh, I thought this was a good match. I don't know if this is going to be something that's going on for a while, but is it just me or is it weird? For everything positive we just said about Jinder Mahal, is it weird to see AJ Styles in the U.S. title picture? Sure, Jinder Mahal. A thousand percent. One hundred and ten, ninety-nine point ninety-nine and a half percent. It is weird. Um... I'm not going to say this, but some people would say, hey, it's down, downright stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Styles made the WWE Championship mean a lot. He made SmackDown Live mean a lot. 
post-mania, he puts her in a, a match with the owner's son. That is phenomenal. And then he is number one contender for the United States Championship, which we don't even really know who he's going to face because this, this, and that. Jinder Mahal, whose release comes back, and now he's a number one contender for the WWE Championship. I, I'm not saying I think it's completely stupid, but that's what I can see a lot of people saying. Yeah. Do you see AJ winning this U.S. championship? No, I think this is like a good thing with Hip Owens. So I don't, I don't think AJ wins the title. That's how I feel. Like I want that to be a thing that goes on for months. Because I cannot stop laughing with the Trons. And it won't. And honestly, won't get old either. No. Like it's going to be good. Every you know he's going to make it good. He's going to make it entertaining every week. And it also. You get that kind of bully, Kevin Owens, like that he's just going to crush these nobodies for. A few, I would love to see him them do that for at least a month, of him have this open challenge with just some jobber from the town that they're in, before he starts actually facing real guys for the U.S. Championship. Um, the women, as we said, all new women's stories on Raw, some new women's stories on SmackDown as well. The Queen, Charlotte, pissed she has not gotten a uh, title match yet. <laughs> even though she has literally been on the show for one week at this point. <laughs> um, Naomi comes out. I thought her promo was actually better than a lot of hers before. I liked the line of there's no queen, no kings here, no queens here. Charlotte's no face was priceless. Yeah. She felt so offended. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that Naomi got the best of her. Shane comes out and makes a match. If Charlotte wins, she becomes the number one contender. And then Naomi got the upper hand again after Charlotte sneak attacked her. Um, I think it's good. We all, I think we all said this last week that there was some concern of Naomi just getting like eviscerated by Charlotte. Uh, the good thing, two really good things I think developed from the women's division on SmackDown. One, they portrayed Naomi as like she's a legitimate competition for Charlotte. Um, she held her own with her in their segment in the ring. I thought she held her own. In the, I thought the match was good. I thought they allowed Naomi to shine. They allowed her to do the things that she does well. And she talked well, too. She talked room. well. But the other thing I really liked was that the other women in the, in the division were mad that Charlotte was already getting a shot. Mm-hmm. And that shows that literally every one of them cares about that title more Except than anything Except one. Becky Lynch. Yeah. But she's the baby face. So, but and she's Becky Balboa. You don't yeah. have to question whether she wants that belt or not. But I liked it. All three of them. It's like we want that title. Uh, Ellsworth having this whole duh thing. I'm enjoying. Again, I, I believe I like Ellsworth the most, probably out of the three of us. Um, are you happy, Eck, with Again, where the women's division is right now? You won't be at icons. Yeah, weekend, that'll be disappointing. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I'm looking forward to Charlotte putting on stellar matches with every woman in the division that she hasn't. Um, she was great in NXT, don't get me wrong. I was a fan in NXT. I was a fan when she came on. I believe when she first came to Raw, I'll be bold to say everyone on our panel here knocked her. I thought her ring work. We all obviously agree her ring and mic work has only went up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was a babyface and she faced Naomi as a heel. I think this match is going to be ten times better than what it was then. I think she could put her in great matches with Natalia. We've seen it, mm-hmm. but the roles are reversed. Well, they're both heels now, Yeah. but the roles are reversed. I look forward to seeing it again. I look forward to seeing her and Carmella. Obviously, you know 
she wants to get in the ring with Becky, her and Becky being real life best yeah. friends. Uh, I'm looking forward to it all. Me too. Halo? Well, um, I was shocked to get this way that fast. I thought they would have her well, after the full woman came in, uh, we were gonna, got maybe a, a five-way, and then I was like, where's Becky Lynch this whole time? Because she want to be a champion, too. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole United We Stand thing backstage before Charlotte um, before Charlotte had the match, I was like, okay, is that what you going to do? But then I forgot that he said the match is going to happen next week, so yeah. you already know how that's going to end. It's going to end mm-hmm. in disqualification mm-hmm. in a no contest, and you'll probably get all the women in a match. At um at, at, at backlash, but I like the finish because it was a good match. Like it was a slow paced match. It was actually a good match, and Charlotte Cairn in the rear view and just kicking her down yeah, into next selection. Great. I thought that was a perfect way to finish the mm-hmm. match. And I like that they gave us something to look forward to next week already. Mm-hmm. Like we already know one thing we're gonna get on that show. Well, next SmackDown week, always does that. that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good. I think it's something that they need to do more of. Uh, we have the tag team division, American Alpha. <laughs> Trying to get their revenge, I guess, against the Shining Stars for attacking them last week. The Colognes. Yes. They're just the Colognes now. They'll always be the Shining Stars to me. Um, To get the W, I really wish that American Alpha wasn't relegated to just being wrestlers now. Yeah. And that's what they are. That's not what made people like them in NXT. That's not what got them put in position to be NXT champions. Is it good that they're good athletes and they're legitimate wrestlers? Of course that's good. But what got them into the hearts and minds of the crowd was the personality that they had. And they don't get to show it. No towel. When Do you think that they ever run? Like, Are they going to run with them or are they just going to let them be this? Well, you know how I feel about Raw, but I think the better show for them to be on is Raw because mm-hmm. SmackDown, they try to balance these extra women they have, and then the, the tag team division always seems to be the ones that are left out because it's been like because we we've seen what the Usos what three times in the last two months and they're your tag team champions. Yeah. So I think American Alpha actually for, in order for, in order for them to show some personality, they may have to end up going on Raw, eventually. Whenever whenever they actually have another shakeup or whatever. I was gonna say so. About 357 days, <laughs> they may have a chance. Yeah, the other thing going around, it might be another one by the end of the year, but they would benefit from being on Raw because they could actually probably talk. Because, like, like you said by NXT, in NXT, like they were amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see American Alpha because Chad Gable is hilarious. Jason Joy with the whole Call Me JJ thing. Yeah. Like, like, they were great. And I don't know why, when they get on SmackDown, they can't even do those things. Yeah, one of the things that I, I said a few times on our show back. Probably in the winter time last year, I guess February, March. You remembered them every week on SmackDown, whether they had a match or not. Because mm-hmm. if they had a match, the match was great. If they had a backstage interview, that was great. If they came out to the ring and gave a promo, that was great. No matter what they did, it was great. But a big part of that was them having a personality. They could make you laugh. Uh, they could back up the things that they said, like that cockiness. Gable saying anything that uh, Jordan said was so sick. It, it added a lot to them, and we don't get a chance to see it anymore, unfortunately. Uh, no Usos again this week. Yeah. So, I, I almost think they should just have tag team wrestling on Raw and just leave it off SmackDown. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, American Alpha, they'll actually benefit from being on Raw. Because they, they kind of, like... Like, it felt like American Alpha got squeezed in just to put just to put the colognes over. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't like what's happening to the tag. That's the the one downside to SmackDown, is the tag team division becomes very hit or miss. I know. I think I was in the bathroom when Brizongo had their match. 
Oh, were you? Yeah, I guess I was. Rosango had a match. <laughs> I was. I was hoping. I. I think DVR skipped it. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't find it either. So it might have been my bathroom break too. It's weird because there's people that are, aren't as good as them in the ring, and they have a match. I just I don't get. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Either way, we had Ty Dillinger do an interesting segment with Dasha. Uh, Dasha's so bad. It was kind of an interview, but it ultimately was a highlight package. You know, this will will say what I want to say ten times better than I ever could. Eck, what did you think of, of him going to a highlight package instead of an actual interview? Well, so here's kind of my thing with Dillinger. And it's, uh, we spoke about his um, entrance on the show and that being a big part of his thing. I think some people get away from this. I, I could be wrong. What got him over was him as a heel. Um, he, he's a face or in SmackDown. So I don't think it's necessarily the same thing. I think he's not a great talker, especially as a face. Some people are sufficiently better talking as a heel than they are as a face. The package may be much better for him. Yeah. He doesn't need really to talk. So I, I think it made sense. Halo? Um, the package was a little bit odd. <laughs> but um, you gotta get him on TV somehow, and I just hope they shoot his entrance properly to actually show him actually who he is. Can they stop with these weird cutaways to like one person in the crowd's face? Is there anybody watching at home who needs to see that? No. Friends of the Randall people. Yeah. So the so the the three people that know that one guy who's reacting. Well, it'd like, be eleven people if it was us. Yeah, eleven, twelve. You might get a, a dozen. Um, yeah, I hate that. It's one of the biggest things about the presentation that bothers me is those stupid cutaways. Um, also, yeah, I, I feel like that video package was like, that might, might be like what you do before you introduce this guy on your show. Not after you've already had him on. You know, I feel like that would have been a good introduction. Um, I don't know. What were your guys' thoughts overall? Like, we're kind of done talking about everything that happened on the two shows. What are your guys' thoughts overall on the product this past week? I thought last week was phenomenal, and I was very let down this week, just to be honest. Like Laugh would say, what, what, what the, why am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> Halo? I like Raw a lot better this, this week than SmackDown. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one I liked better. Um, I liked Raw better this week. I didn't feel quite as negative this week as I did last week. I know I caught a lot of heat for being overly negative about the superstar shakeup. I just felt, you know, yeah, Russ... You, we should have swapped spots last yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would have hosted great. <laughs> yeah, Russ kind of told me, like, you have to look at it that people like us, yeah, might be disappointed that they didn't do more with the storyline. But ultimately... I loved it because I was watching it and I remember listening to you guys the week before on predictions and I was like, ha he's wrong. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't see this coming. Oh, shit. You guys really didn't see this coming. I, I loved it. Because at the end of the day... Marks, Marks, Smart fans, whatever we think we are, I love when we're wrong, even if it's myself. Mm -hmm. When we're predicting something and it goes a different way, or, you know, Aaron's been um, protesting about a faction that was potential to happen with Samoa Joe and Kevin Mm -hmm. Owens. And, you know, add Triple H, add someone from here, add someone from there. But, obviously, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe have tagged together, and, and, you know, they were helping each other, and they just split them up. Nobody saw that coming. 
No, that's to true. an extent, you know. So, so I, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, for me, it wasn't so much about that guys I wanted, guys I thought were going one place or wanted to go one place didn't. It was more like I thought you could have actually did some storytelling with it as opposed to just guys are just randomly showing up here and there. Yeah, I think your thing was like recruiting, recruiting. Because like when Angle was with Sami Zayn backstage, she was like, a lot of interest, Sammy. Yeah. But it's like, how do we know it's a lot of interest? Right. But the, the, the point that Russ made to me was that, yeah, for guys like us, we're watching every week no matter what. We know it's, there's a lot of interest in him in SmackDown because he showed up the next night. Yeah, that's true. But the casual fan who maybe watched WrestleMania and they're saying, okay, we have some eyes on us now, let's capitalize on it. How can we keep this excitement going another week? Those people are not going to be invested into, okay, I'll watch for three weeks to see them recruit guys back and forth. It's just like, okay, this guy's on this show, this guy's on that show. So in that sense, it made sense to me. But I, I just felt like it was it was about the laziest way they could have gone about doing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that uh, the pay-per-view next week is good. Looking forward to this go-home show. It's weird that both shows are going to kind of be go-home shows because there's matches for, from both shows on this card. Uh, do we have any listener questions? I, I think it comes down to I, iconic. Between those two, you're getting iconic um, WWE B, B pay-per-view booking where you're not going to get a huge title change and you're just getting certain things. Certain things are going on. Certain contenders are stepping up. Yeah. Right. We got a question from Don from Lord and Lloyd, no relation. Okay. What about us to stop letting the ropes be an invisible wall? So this is weird to me. That Vince... And my ultimate point in this is not going to be so much about the ropes as that Vince needs to step aside, finally. Vince has these weird things, like... They didn't do a draft because Vince doesn't want to use the word draft. I don't know if that's true, but I read that today and it makes sense with... Things like how he doesn't want WrestleMania to be called by its number anymore. Uh, he doesn't want to use the term pro wrestling anymore. He doesn't want it to be fans. He doesn't want the title to be called a belt. All these weird things that he cuts out like that, that ultimately made a guy like JR not work there anymore. Uh, he's, oh, he's so concerned with these types of things. But, yeah, we can't be seen as pro wrestling. We can't have valets anymore. That's pro wrestling. We're sports entertainment. But something as stupid as the ropes being like the invisible wall, why is that still in there? Why can't you take that out? Because like, to me, that's that's the type why, of thing. Why can't, uh, at the end of the day, why can't they be what they are? They are professional wrestlers. They are that. People want the old stuff. Why can't it be that? Why can't, like, the fans call them championship belts, title mm-hmm. belts. Why can't it be called that? Like, I don't know. It, it's... I don't know. It, there's so many different ways to look at it. it, it they're not going to change unless Vince change or someone else takes over his spot. And it's one of those things where it's like, kind of like youth is raised different than we were. There's certain things, whether it's bullying or uh, proper etiquette, things mm-hmm. you're not supposed to say that were okay in the time that... Yeah, 15, we, 20 years ago, yeah. whatever. So it's it's kind of with the times. The times change. Vince is changing. The product changes. It's just like we wish the product stayed the same. There are certain things we, we wish. You know, I, I agree. I mean, it, it makes no sense. And it's like when there's certain confrontations, like as much as the um, 
face looks like the antagonist, you know, wishing the heel would do something. I almost, you know, wish, all right, let's get something different. Why? How about the face go and punch him in his mouth? <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah, if you're going to take all the other pro wrestling stuff out of there, why leave that stupid thing in? Well, um, it's not logical, and it's, but it's a TV show. <laughs> that's how, that's how, oh, see, whenever yeah. I see something ridiculous, I'm gonna look at TV. <laughs> that's, that's my answer. For, that's my, always my answer for everything. But as much as I hate it, I and I really do, Vince is gonna change it. Yeah, no, it won't change. All right. Do you guys see the potential of Jinder Mahal being a great champion like I do with the Bollywood Boys and hopefully Arya Davari? P.S. A lot of people forget or don't know that. In the inaugural NXT Championship match, it was Seth Rollins who beat Ginger Mahal. He's been number one contender material. All right, I'm going to take this. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got to the topic of Ginger Mahal, I kept my mouth closed. Uh, I knew the listener questions. No, he, he's not WWE Championship material. Not at all. Um, I don't see him beating Randy Orton. I know people don't care for Randy Orton and see that he deserves his 13th title reign, or people want to look at it like he's holding the title. Mm-hmm. We're in April and approaching May. So this is B-level show WWE time. It's not about champions right now. They're caring about contenders. Cool, you want to make him a contender? That's what he is. They're going to put the eyes on the mid-card for SmackDown right now. The yeah. eyes are on the United States Championship. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, everyone loves him. Both their merchandise, it sells. Mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal, barely... Cool, he's in phenomenal shape. He's doing good at, in ring work. Maybe he should be doing that. Maybe he can flounder into... If, if AJ Styles beats Kevin Owens, maybe he could dethrone him for the U.S. title. Um... I don't see him as a good WWE champion. In my opinion, he doesn't deserve it. Um, do I see him as a good person to contend for it? Sure. This is similar to Mark Henry versus Cena for the WWE Championship. Or even more appropriate, this is R-Truth versus Cena for the <laughs> WWE Championship. Uh, I, I don't see him winning. Uh, if they make a faction and the Bollywood boys who are much shorter and you know in weight, they're mm-hmm. much, um, much smaller than Jinder Mahal. I think that'll be cool. I like when they build any type of... I almost thought they were J&J Security for a second. I did too. (laughs) But no, I I don't see him as a great champion. I don't know why Donovan sees that. Um, We say it at the end of the day. We all watch wrestling differently. We all view it Mm -hmm. differently. Uh, I I respect his opinion. It's cool. I, I just don't agree, and I don't see it. Yeah, I don't particularly see him as a great champion, but I do see him as like a good foil for... A champion, and I'm cur- I'm at the very least, I'm curious to see how this goes. And I mean, if you guys, and I'll say you guys, the ever, you know, that that'll be mm-hmm. Derek Ross, that'll be you, that'll be Aaron, uh, laugh. Anyone that th- thought Miz was good as an Intercontinental Champion, then maybe Jinder Mahal will be phenomenal as that. <laughs> but at the end of the day. Everyone always says WWE champion is supposed to be the one that is putting asses in seats. Mm-hmm. Jinder Mahal is not going to draw nothing to the show. No. The I mean, if he's, if, he's in, if he's in the um, 9.45 to 10 o'clock segment or in SmackDown, cool, now I'm watching an hour, 45-minute show. I don't care what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Ayla, what do you think? Well, I don't think he's going to be a 
a good a champion per se, but I think he has potential to be in a stable because the stable is a lost art in wrestling, especially in WWE because the only legit stable we had, yeah. and they keep going back to is the Wyatt family. But at this point, it's overdone and we don't need it anymore. And it's basically pointless because they make everybody else in the Wyatt family look horrible, even worse than Bray Wyatt, <laughs> which is impossible to do. But yeah, they find a way. But they find a way to do it anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> against all odds. Exactly. Yes. So Jinder Mahal. Like I said, like I said, Eric won't care as of now, but they they have their ways of kind of like getting you to care. It was like I kind of at this promo match, I I actually killed it. Like wow, that was actually really good. And depending on how they portray him, like I said, the state was a lost art. Maybe maybe whenever the U.S. title gets off Kevin Owens, maybe he can play that anti-American here with the U.S. title. But there's but so much you could do with it because of his. His descent, and then you're publicly traded. You don't want to say the wrong thing, and it, you you know how that turns well, out to be. Here's my thing: if he's contending for the WWE Championship, uh, if he was the WWE Champion, I don't think I'd care. Um, if he's contending, and this goes past past backlash, because I don't see him beating Orton at backlash. Um, if he can do some phenomenal heel antics, and it gets all the people that think no one cares about Orton, but everyone's getting behind him as a babyface. I'd be a little invested, but again, yeah. I don't see him winning. Well, the thing is, they got four weeks to make you care. Yeah, they have time. True. There is time. Uh, anything else? Yeah, we have another question from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. <laughs> All right. With a roster consistent of AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, and Cesaro, how is Jinder Mahal wrestling for the title? Hell, I even throw in the Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Luke Harper. So all the roster. <laughs> Braun versus Roman isn't even for a title. Dean Ambrose is e- is even a better candidate. Candidate. It defies logic. This is supposed to be the main title. Please treat it that way. That's not even a question, honestly, Laugh, but thank you. <laughs> Let's pretend I said all that. That is also my statement to Jinder Mahal not being a good WWE champion <laughs> or champion material. All right, so a, que- a real question. First, I fell asleep. Not good. Second, I do not understand the booking of Roman and Braun. Roman beat Taker in the Mania main event, in all caps. Then he gets destroyed by a guy who be- he beat clean a month ago. Not to mention, Braun got thrown out of the Battle Royal real quick because Bronk, because Gronk was a bigger Mania story. But the past few weeks, Raw has been built around Braun. If Braun loses at the pay-per-view, it makes no sense. If he beats Roman, Roman's take, win, Roman's take or win seems insufficient. What are they doing here? Where are they doing? Where are they going with this? And the Universe title continues to be an afterthought. Mania should have been title versus career match. Agreed, like I said. It should have been... And yeah, I don't know what they're doing. We kind of talked about this earlier. It's like they literally built the show on Monday around Strowman. They kind of built the show the week before around Strowman. I assume next week is going to be a very similar feeling where it's built around Strowman. But then he's just going to lose to Roman Reigns anyway. So I kind of wish they gave him a little more of a run before he gets that loss. I don't know. I really don't know what they're doing. But this goes back to something... The road dog, Brian James, said around this time last year, which spurred me on to write an article for TJR Wrestling, he basically said, wins and losses don't matter, only character does. So they firmly believe that as long as we have them doing things on the show that portray their character this way, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose these matches. So they don't care about who wins and loses. The 
it's a little bit hypocritical because if it doesn't matter if you win or lose, why would somebody like John Cena win almost every match? Why would somebody like Roman Reigns win almost every match? Your top guys win every match, but then you say wins and losses don't matter. It's a little bit hypocritical, but that's how they will justify it as well. As long as we keep booking Braun like a monster, it won't matter if he loses. You know, I get that, and at the end of the day, I think Roman has to win because it, it, it does hurt. Uh, I also do believe I'm the only one that said the title should have also been involved in that match. I don't think anyone else from the show did. I did. I don't believe you did. Of course you don't. I don't remember, but I don't remember anything. So. He, he remembers everything. <laughs> and he's lying about it. Even, even SmackDowns from 2000. <laughs> but but I, said, I agree, because I, I did mention that too, but it was it was Cena instead of Taker. I know, yeah. and it was me that said it, Cena should have been going in there with the belt. Yeah, well, we concur. But <laughs> since we're best friend, he thinks he, he can claim my fault. <laughs> I, have, I have those rights. But, like... This is not better me because, like, we all know they're gonna, there's always going to be that big guy who, who loses to their top guy. But the thing is, it hurts a guy if that's the only guy he continues to lose to because he has yeah. to get over that ceiling. Because you can make a guy into The Undertaker or you can make a guy into Kane. And Kane was, was seen as low in The Undertaker because he never actually got over the hurdle. Yeah, that's true. Not that Kane is a bad career, but... Yeah. There's obviously better ones out there than, than what Kane did. Yeah. That's um, it for the night, too. Huh? That's it for the night. That's it for the night. So the last thing I'll say about Jinder Mahal is he won't make people here buy tickets. He won't make people here buy pay-per-views. He won't make people here buy merchandise. But what he might do is, in India, get people to subscribe to the WWE Network. He might get people in India to buy Jinder Mahal merchandise. He might get people in India to download the Mad Madness podcast. Oh, which so, is obviously good for all of us. So, the thing I look at, and I'm not trying to sound completely negative, because I do love different. It would have been different if Eric Rowan won to be number one contender no. and lost. It would have been different if Luke Harper won. It would have been different if Mojo won it. I like it because it's different. I think maybe all of us maybe wanted Sami Zayn. I think the majority of the fans wanted Sami Zayn. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I don't want to sound like, again, I didn't even know when um, Jinder Mahal started. I thought he started years before (laughs) when I'm hearing he did. I just don't think this is the right spot for him. Yeah, there's... Hopefully they do something good. I just don't think, and again, this is something where I think a lot of us will sound redundant on We've all mentioned a list of people that are retired, people that are passed away that deserve to be WWE champion. I could give you a list of people that are active on the WWE roster right now that deserve to be a WWE champion. Half of that list probably never will, and this guy's nowhere near that list. That's well, just it's my just opinion. a title shot. It's not like it's wearing the title. Oh, I, oh no, the greats have gotten shots. I, I think he deserves a shot. I'm just more or less. I'm still spilling off the uh, the you question. Yeah, you don't see him being a champion. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. It, and he'll probably do great as a mid card champion yeah, somewhere down the line. He's not going to win that title, but I, but I think them putting him in this position opens something up for them that might not have been there before. And again, I, this is WWE doing great booking where they're saying you know it's the land of opportunity and you know he can run with this and people may buy into it. I look at it as isn't this also another case of them paying off? Somebody having a good moment on Talking Smack? 
Because didn't he confront Shane on Talking Smack a couple weeks ago? I don't remember. I didn't watch. He may have the night um, the night he was drafted, or the week he was drafted. He he may have. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. He did. So it could just be another way that they're saying, all right, it could. do good work on this. We'll reward you on the show. And, and believe me, I, I like... I like when I'm psyched out and believe something can happen, and I'm not trying to knock <laughs> anyone, but I just think a lot of people are buying into the fact that he could win the title, and they're like, oh, you know what? It's one SmackDown. Anything can happen here, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't see him winning. Um, I, there, There is an aspect of it that seems a little weird and out of place, but to me, I think that's the one thing that I do like about it. Uh, I get where some people say, okay, this doesn't make me interested. This doesn't make me care. But there are a lot of people outside of us here that might care. And my main thing is, I see Orton winning. I look forward to seeing him winning. But with the way some people complain about Orton, and people are going to complain about this, it's like a double negative. But Yeah, I agree. Well, that's the show for tonight. So, first things first, check out the Falls Count Anywhere podcast. Check out The Perfect Edge. We'll probably have another episode for you sometime in the Second next episode coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're at Icons of Wrestling, look for Matt Madness there. We should have a table somewhere there on the, the showroom floor, if you will. Pictures are free. Yeah, pictures are free. Uh, and you'll see us at the House of Hardcore event itself at the old ECW Arena. So for Act 2Fly, Eric Trambicki. If you're from Bangor, Maine, you can open the show against ALO. He will be defending the title. <laughs> he will be. Uh, for the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, ALO Aaron Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you on Saturday. See you Saturday. Yes, or next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball, shut the basement man. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.